Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. So, Father, in Jesus' name, you saw every word. You saw every word that people listed. And we just thank you, God, that even though there's struggle and even though there's battle, Lord, you will deliver us out of them all, God. You are faithful and you are true. And we thank you that you are Savior, you are healer, you are Lord, you are our Redeemer. And my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. God, And you'll supply me with strength. You'll supply me with a heart to serve, God. I thank you that you will refresh by your spirit. We thank you for refreshing right now over people, God. We thank you for an excitement and passion um, based upon your word and based upon your promises, God. Remind us, God, of who you are. Remind us of who we are in you, God. We thank you, Lord. And today as we break bread and we open up the word, we pray that your voice leaps off the page and that you would speak. Speak to us, God, that we would take notes and we would be mindful to hear you. And I just speak life and peace over you and your family. Life and peace and the joy of the Lord to be your strength. That your confession would always be faith-filled and strong. That that you are, that you can, Lord, I just thank you that you've made us righteous. You've made us whole. You've made us complete. I just thank you for it. And I thank you for great grace and great faith and great love in your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Hey, do you know what day it is today, by the way? Um, I woke up this morning. This was the, the thought in my mind. You know what today? I don't know if you know what today is. Do you know what today is? <laughs> uh, today is a great day to walk by faith. I woke up, I think the Holy Spirit gave me that this morning. He said, you know what today is? And I was like, oh no, what I forget? Oh my gosh, what, what? And it's like, today is a great day to walk by faith. Man, I think that might just stick for me. I think that might just stick. So Romans chapter 12, um, um, let's look in verse uh, one and two. You should know this. Um, Romans chapter 12, hope you have your Bible open and your phone. Don't be, don't be watching TV shows. Don't be, be focused, be focused. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or logical act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. Transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Goes on with some some really good stuff. And we've been talking about this. If you haven't seen the teachings on this for the last number of weeks, um, go look at that. And Bill Griffin did a great job teaching. You know, um, he's always fired up and passionate. I love when he, when he does that. And I know the, the time of praise and, and prayer and worship was really good. Um, you know, and and so, um, but I, I want you to go back and watch some of those videos if you if you don't if you're not familiar with them and you haven't seen them, because uh, we've been in a time of dedication. Because we must be dedicated if we're going to go forward, we got to be forward with dedication. 
because dedication in and of itself, when you do it the right way, when you dedicate yourself unto the Lord, the degree and the purity and the, the passion behind your dedication will actually keep you from deception. It'll, it'll keep you from a lot of variables along the way. If you're, if you're halfway doing it, then, then you, you'll slip off and, and get into some, some, some stuff that's not healthy and not good. So the dedication at the beginning of the thing has got to be focused in. And so that's kind of what we're, we're looking at. And, and I, I told you I want to share the thing about um, the equation for transformation, because what we're after, according to this verse, is we're after transformation. And, and there's an equation for transformation. And so transformation, see, we're not after dedication, we're after transformation. But you can't get to lasting, meaningful, God-given transformation without dedication. So it's dedication uh, that brings us to transformation. And today, I want to show you, that you, I can go ahead and tell you, there's going to be a lot of shuns in this whole thing, but there's... If, you, if, if the goal is transformation, we got to start with dedication and then walk in the equation between the two. Because there's a bridge, there's an equation about dedication all the way to transformation. And so we want a lasting, um, spirit-led, word, scripture-fed tran uh, transformation in our life. Meaning we are transformed. It's a metamorphosis from the inside out. It's not performance. It's not us trying harder. It's not us, you know, just doing better. It's not being conformed to this world. We're not trying to be like the world. We love the world, and, and we want to balance these two realities that we see in Scripture which God says, come out from among them and be ye separate, meaning we should not be like them. We should be different. We should be like him, not like them. And so come out from among them and be ye separate. But then he says, but go into all the world with my love. I, with, he says, I God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son you know, to, to, to come and save it. And whoever believes in him will have everlasting eternal life. So we don't go into an us and them. We don't come away from the world to have this us and them mentality like we're better than them and they're terrible and we're good and and blah blah and God's mad at them and God wants to judge them and and all that kind of stuff. That's that's not what we're after. That's not what that's not what the scripture teaches. That's not God's heart. That's a misrepresentation of God. We need to love them cuz God loved us when we was messed up. And God loves us in areas of our life where we're still messed up. He still loves us. But we, but we want to come out from among them by coming to him. So we want to be like him, not like them. And so that's what this thing is. The difference between are you going to be conformed to the patterns and desires and the images and the likeness of the world? Do you want to be like the world? Do you want to be and act like and think like and, and be accepted in the world? Or do you want to be with him? Do you want to be walking one with him? And see, when you walk one with him, you can have a love for the world because God so loved the world that you love the people that are living in unrighteousness and living in darkness just like you were, and God will use you to reach them to bring them out of the world into his kingdom and into his church and into his family. And, and if they don't want to come, you can't force them, but you want to have a lifestyle that is transformative so they see a transformation in you. And part of the problem that many people in the world, they don't see the church any different except being a little more judgy, a little more whatever. They don't see the church being any different. 
And some of that's because we get too judgy and too whatever, but the other side of it is we get too, we have an unwise compassion and an unwise and unpure, you know, compassion, and we end up trying to be like them in order to love them, but that's, that's not what this thing, we can't do that. That's just as dangerous and a misrepresentation of God as going to judge them, because Jesus didn't come to judge the world. He came to save it. But we, in order for that to happen, we have to be a transformed people to look like him, to think like him, to talk like him, to love like him, not love like the world loves. The world doesn't look, I'm preaching now. The world doesn't, we, the world doesn't teach us how to love. The church should be teaching the world how to love. It's not worldly standards. It's the standards of Christ and his kingdom because he lives in us if you're born again and, you, and you're a disciple of Christ. He lives in you. And, and so this whole thing about dedicating your life, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Because before you can be a living witness, you got to learn how to be a living sacrifice. And when you're a living sacrifice, it means you sacrifice your perspectives. You sacrifice yourself and, and my self-centered um, preferences, perspectives, whatever, and I yield myself as a living sacrifice to the purposes and perspectives of God. Because you've heard me say it a million times, my perspective is my truth, your perspective is your truth, their perspective is their truth, their perspective is their truth, but God's perspective is truth. God's perspective is truth. And we want to be transformed by the truth of God's word. And he does that inside of us. So, so let me tell you about, that's, that's the word transform. It's metamorphosis. It's, it's the, the butterfly was in the, in the caterpillar. The, the oak tree was in the acorn and Christ is in you. If you're a born again believer and you've given your life to him, um, then he wants to come out and he wants to show himself through you as the caterpillar steps away through the cocoon, as the, as the uh, acorn breaks open and the oak tree comes out, and as you crucify your flesh and deny yourself and let the Spirit of God begin to move through your life, and then the world will see him, not you. They'll see him, and when they see him, um, they'll want him because anybody, he's, he's, he's love. He is love. He is love. And he is truth, and he's faithful, and he's good. And, and that I'm not saying everyone's going to say, I, I want him, but I'm telling you, if you represent him well, the majority of the people will come, and those, those who would come to Jesus would come to Jesus because you're showing Jesus Christ through your life. So let me talk about this equation. An equation can be a word. Matter of fact, I was talking with somebody this week about formulas and how we stay away from formulas. And I was thinking like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about formulas, but yet there's formulas, there's principles. And the thing like sowing and reaping, the thing about sowing and reaping, that's a, that's a biblical principle. That's a biblical formula. And now here's the thing. Sowing and reaping works. It works. You go to the farmer. Sowing and reaping works. You look. This is, this is how it works. There's an equation. There's an equation. Now, here's the thing with the equation. The equation is a principle, a functional principle that is a reality of the life of God, of how the king and how this kingdom operates, like sowing and reaping. Uh, you reap what you sow. You reap after you sow. You reap more than you sow. But if you don't sow, you don't reap. And what you sow is what you reap. If you don't like your harvest, 
Change your seed so that it, that's all that's all the equation. It's an equation. And a farmer goes out to, to, to put, you know, corn in the ground and he works it by the equation. Now, in this world, you ha- there is a there's you have to account for famines. You have to account for a fallen, destructive world that comes to attack the harvest and attack the the equation. Uh, but it doesn't change the equation. So the farmer who goes out to farm and sows all his corn seed or soybean seed or whatever it is that that he he does, and he sows the seed into the ground, he understands the equation, and he's working and being dedicated to the equation. And now there could be a hailstorm that ruins his crop. There could be a famine that ruins his crop. There could be a flood that ruins his crop. So there are variables that happen along the way, but those variables that maybe are frustrating and interrupting and challenging, they do not change the eternal equation. Because next year, guess what the farmer's going to do? Even though there was a flood last year, even though there was a famine, and even though half his harvest was destroyed, guess what the farmer's going to do next year? He's going to follow the equation. He's going to sow so that he can reap. So there are equations, principles, functional principles in the kingdom of God when we walk by faith that we, we follow these principles steadfastly, even though there are hailstorms and famines and difficulties and attacks and enemies, fires and floods, what? Whatever may be happening, uh, it doesn't change. Those variables, um, they, may, they may rob you and change you of, of harvest in a certain season, but they don't change the equation. And we need to be reminded of the basics, reminded of the fundamentals, reminded of the equation. So here's my simple version of the equation. And guys, just brace yourself. It's got a whole lot of shun in it. So the three, the three factors of the equation is uh, dedication, uh, revelation, application will equal transformation. So we're going after transformation. So that's the end result. That's the harvest. The transformation is the harvest. What's the equation? Dedication, number one, dedication. Number two, revelation, revelation from God. And number three, application or action, application. And so we need all three. If we're going to have transformation, we start with dedication, revelation, application. I'm telling you, write that down. That'll help you out. When you're wondering, why is my harvest failing? Why does my harvest keep failing? Every, you know, why you, First of all, you're reaping what you have sown. You're, you're following some kind of equation. There's there's a thought, there's patterns and processes in your life that are following some kind of equation. And if you want to change your harvest, you got to change your seed. You got to check your equation. You got to check your math when you're walking within in this, this life of faith. You got to check your math, make sure you're doing the things uh, right and you're doing the right things. Um, and so as you're doing that and you check that, Um, The variables may happen. Stuff may come and it may destroy this, attack this, whatever. But you are supposed to walk by the variables and I mean, walk by the um, equation and the principles that are functional in our everyday life. So the first thing I just want you to see is dedication. We've talked a lot about that, but dedication. You need to walk in this dedication. I'm not going to spend a long time on that. It's dedicated. It means I'm I'm focused. I'm dedicated. I'm going to be about this thing. 
I'm dedicated. And in a few minutes, I'm going to circle back to the word dedication because I'm going to show you uh, what I'm going to show you is the the three steps that walk in dedication. So I'll circle back to dedication in a second. But right now, you should have those words written on something, dedication, revelation, uh, and application that will bring about transformation because that's what we're after. God transformed me to be transforming. Um, and so when you, when you look at this, uh, this dedication is, is about direction. It's about focus. It's about discipline. It's about, it's about you being you from all these distractions and all these other things. It's you coming and being focused, focused in on what the, on, on what your next step is. And so we need dedication and that dedication means we, we need endurance, it, it, it means to it means to aim oneself. It, it's the word dedication is a building up. It's a training up, and so we dedicate ourselves to go through a process that that even even if there's a variable that destroys part of our harvest, the process that we went through through dedication of sowing and reaping has prepared us to be better farmers next year. We learn something through it and we grow through it. And so even if you were going through adversity, I'm telling you, if you're going through struggle, if you're going through adversity, if you're then here, then let me tell you, focus on the equation, do the right thing and do the right thing right. Do the right thing well. And as you do that, the, the, your obedience is, is up to you. The outcomes of the harvest are ultimately up to God. We have expectation and we, we can trust him. We, we can know that if we're sowing this seed, we're going to receive this, this kind of harvest. And we trust him for all, for all this stuff. Uh, and so we're not passive in that. We're partnering with God in that. But ultimately, there are factors that, that you know sometimes change this or change that. There's variables. And so we got to walk in our part and partner with God. And so if there's if there's animals coming to steal your your harvest, you have responsibility to go chase those animals away. If there's bugs coming to you know bring in an, you know an infest, infestation upon your harvest, then there's things you can do to drive off the bugs. The enemy's coming to attack your life. There's there's things you can do to drive the enemy away. So I'm not saying we're passive in any of this, but even when we walk in all of our responsibility as partners with God, there's variables outside of our control. But the dedication is I'm dedicated. I'm going to have diligence. I'm going to have endurance. And through the process, through the process, even if it looks like I did not receive the full harvest I was supposed to receive, I grew as a farmer through the process because I was dedicated. I was dedicated through adversity. I was dedicated through trial. I was dedicated through struggle. I didn't change my confession of faith. I didn't change my focus. I didn't change my heart. God, I stayed true to who you were. I said what you said. I didn't get distracted. I didn't get discouraged, God. I stayed faithful. I worshiped you. I praised you. Your praise was continually on my mouth. And and for some of us, and even me at times, there's times I get distracted There's times I get discouraged. There's times I feel depressed. Um, But just because I feel depressed doesn't mean I'm going to claim depression. I'm going to say, but the the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to I'm going to try to I'm going to trust God and walk by faith. It's a good day to walk by 
Faith. So dedication is that thing of being focused in. So dedication means I'm going to go to the word of God. I'm going to start finding out what does God say about this? What does God say about the harvest? What does God say about the seed? What does God say about my field? What does God say about my life? I'm not going to get my make my decisions based on what the world says or what Twitter says or what the popular opinion is. I'm not going to look to the world to tell me what I need to be doing and what my life needs to be about, what me and my family need. I'm not going to look to the world to try to get that. I'm going to look to the word. I'm going to look to the word of God. The word is true and it's everlasting. These fads and seasons and hypes that circle around through generation after generation, everybody thinks it's something new, but really it's just something old recycling through generations. But God's word stands forever. His word stands forever. Oh my gosh. I hope you're getting this. I I feel like I'm speaking to somebody. I don't know who it is, but I feel like I am speaking to somebody. That's what I'm so jacked up right now. Um, Unless Sarah puts something in my coffee and stuff. Sarah, I love you. Thank you for making my coffee. If your spouse made your coffee this morning, just uh, tell them you love them because that's really good. So um, there's another scripture in Ephesians 1. If you look in Ephesians 1, so that's dedication. We talked about dedication, and I could keep talking about dedication, but dedication is I'm focused, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm not going to quit. And dedication leads to revelation. And in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, many of y'all know this verse. He, he says there in verse um, 17, this is a prayer that the apostle is praying And he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm just going to stop there because if I keep reading, it's going to be another half hour sermon just on on those scriptures because that whole chapter is bad to the bone. But what I want you to understand is, is there's this prayer that, that, that is Paul's praying that you would, that all of us would walk in a spirit with the wisdom and revelation of God. And something being revealed, um, when something is revealed, it's not, it's not something did not exist and now it exists. It's something that has always existed, but you and I just didn't know about it. And so I remember early when I started growing in the faith and started reading the word and studying, I'd see something new and I'd feel like God would give me something new. And I felt like I was the only one on planet Earth who had ever heard this or saw this or, or knew this. So I would start thinking, wow, I got this special revelation. Wow, this is just incredible. Nobody else knows this. And I started, you know, wow. And then I'd, I'd turn on the TV and somebody would, somebody would say the same thing. And, he, and he'd say, yeah, I learned this back in 1970 and whatever. And so it's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but there's still the process and the joy of when you open your Bible and you dedicate yourself to studying the Word of God, that a spirit of wisdom and revelation comes over you so that whatever is there that is that is kind of hidden from you will be revealed. And that's what the scriptures talk about, that there is nothing that is hidden that will not be revealed. That's not talking about sin, When he says that, that's talking about in context about the revelation of the word of God and the word of the kingdom, that there's nothing that is hidden in mystery or in in the word of God. There's nothing hidden that God is not going to reveal. He's going to uncover. And so that's what that's that's talking about. Some people say that scripture is, oh, the sin is going to be revealed. No, the sin's not going to be. He's not trying to reveal sin. He's trying to reveal him. 
Now, you know, God will expose sin and confront sin and all that kind of stuff, but the ultimate purpose when God is confronting your sin and exposing sin is to reveal his righteousness and reveal him. So a spirit of wisdom and revelation is this thing of, it's in the knowledge of him that I need to know who he is because knowing who he is is key to knowing who I am because my life is him. He is my righteousness. He is my peace. He is my joy. He, I'm one spirit in Christ. If you're a disciple you know, in Christ, you're one spirit with the Lord. No, you're not the Lord. He's the Lord. You're not God. He's God. But you're a son of God because he's a son of God. He's the son of God. You're a son of God. And he lives in you. And he's given you himself. And that's why you're, that's how, when you know that, you know your value. Your value is not in your gender. Your value, your ultimate kingdom, eternal value is not in the color of your skin. That's valuable. We need to honor that. Your gender is valuable. We need to honor that, which by the way, there's only two, man, male, and female. That's it. That's it. There's only two when you look to the, the, the word of God. Uh, And all these things that are happening in our society, people feel like it's people say it's unloving to to not affirm these false things that people are choosing. And it's it's like, no, the most loving thing I want to be loving. I don't want to be hateful and don't want to be rude, but I want to speak the truth in love so I can love a person and I can I can build relationship with the person. I, I can I can treat them, you know, with compassion and be kind and be gentle and be all that kind of stuff. But it's not going to change. You know, it's not going to change the, the fact of who God says they are. They can call themselves whatever they want. That's their that's their right. They can call themselves whatever they want. They can do whatever they, they want. But but in a relationship with them, I'm gonna be the friend that sits there and says, I know that's what you think. I know that's what you think you are, and I, I get it, but this, but this is who God says you are. You know, and if they're an unbeliever, I'd say one thing. If they're a believer, I'd say something else. And so it just depends. But so I'm not going to fight with them and argue with them. But but I'm going to I want to be transformed so that I can help bring revelation into their life. And you don't throw revelation at people. You don't push it down their throat. You don't you don't force revelation upon people. And there's some things that, you know, that somebody needs to know. But you need to just learn how to just learn how to just shut it. Because sometimes God is revealing something to them in other ways. And what we're praying for is just like what happened with Peter in Matthew 16. Who do men say that I am? Or who, who, who am I to you? Jesus said. And Peter sat there and then all of a sudden, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But my father who is in heaven did. So we need to learn how to ask questions that cause people, unbelievers and believers, to think. Point them to the word of God as they are considering their options and considering what truth really is. And not judge them and and separate ourselves from them in that sense of end the relationship or whatever because they're wrestling with truth. Because we all have wrestled with truth at one point or, or another but we introduce truth to them and we ask questions that cause them to consider. And the whole time we're praying, Holy Spirit, speak to them. Because when the Holy Spirit says something to them, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. 
And, and so that, that's what revelation is, unveiling something that has existed, but you didn't know it existed. And so the knowledge of him, the things that are real and currently true about Jesus Christ, our Lord, about his identity, his, his authority, and the gifting and the callings of Christ, the glory of Christ, and the things that exist about him, we'll spend the rest of our life having revelation after revelation after revelation. But you gotta be careful because there's new revelation that if it doesn't match the old revelation, you know, that's why you gotta test things by the word of God. Because if there's some new revelation that does not match and fit into the old revelation, not the old tradition, because there's traditions and there's things that we've thought we've known that we need to let go of. And we need just to admit that, hey, we tried, but we were wrong. And it's okay to admit that. So, but we need to test everything by the word of God. Not our tradition and not even our preference, but by the word of, by the word of God. So a dedication leads to revelation, meaning I'm going to be in the word of God. I'm going to be in the word of God and I want revelation. So the prayer you can pray is that, that one right there in Ephesians chapter one. Father, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank you. I have, I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. You just begin to say that over your life when you read the Bible. I have in Jesus a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Every time I read my Bible, I'm finding more and more out about who you are, God. And therefore, I'm finding more about who I am. Am. And, and you don't let your emotions distract you. You don't let your circumstances distract you. You begin to let the, the word of God attract you through dedication to the knowledge of him. And so that's what revelation is. And, and so you have this revelation, but then the revelation should lead to application. And, and you know, you know uh, this scripture, uh, James chapter 1. I mean, this is a, I don't, probably don't even have to read it, but James chapter one, if you've never read, if you don't know, listen, if you don't know, when I say James chapter one, and you don't have like some kind of suspicion like about, okay, I think I know where a pastor is about to say, then you need to go read James chapter one, the whole chapter. But when you get down towards the end of chapter one, it talks about being a doer of the word of God, a doer of the word of God. Because if, if you're not a doer of the word, you're like a man who looks into the mirror, the mirror being the word of God. You're like a man who looks into the mirror and then you go away to live your life and do whatever and you forget what kind of man you are. And that's what happens if you sin. If you're a believer and disciple of Christ and you sin, the only reason I sin, two reasons I sin. Number one, because I want to. Number two, number two is because I forgot who I was. And so when I say I want to, I mean my flesh, the, the temptation, whatever. And so what I need to do is take authority over my ungodly want to and change my want to. I got, no, I don't want that anymore. Nope, nope. A part of me, my flesh wants that, but I'm not my flesh. I'm a new creation in Christ. I have a new identity in Christ. So my flesh may crave this, but I don't, but I don't want it. My flesh wants it, but I don't want it. I did want it, but I don't want it. And so that's how you take authority over that and you you walk in that 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 reality of God and it's application it's, it's taking action. Jesus said, "Why do you call me Lord, but you do not do what I say?" See, here's the thing. Action is required. 
No, we don't, we don't earn it. We don't work for our salvation. We work from our salvation. And so we partner with God. God is at work in this. Uh, an, another scripture that you can look at is Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Look, look at this scripture w- real quick. Philippians chapter 2. This is a great um, scripture. And hopefully you know what this one says too. Philippians chapter 2. Give you all a second to find that. Philippians chapter 2. Um, That's right, Nikki Allen. He took our consequences from sin, so we repent. I just love it. I love it. Man, I'm so happy I found out where the comments were. Praise God. Look, Andrea, she she put it right there. Dedication, revelation. She put it right there. Good stuff, man. You see, I just had a revelation today about Facebook. There's hope for your pastor yet. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 12 and 13. Man, this is good stuff. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It goes on to talk about don't be complaining. It's really, really good stuff as you keep going. But what he says is our job, our partnering with God is to work out what he works in. See, the metamorphosis, the transformation, the the dedication that leads to revelation, that that leads to application is is the equation that basically uh, sums up this thing of God. We work out what God works in. So we don't we don't work out to try to get something to work in us. God works in us through the dedication and the revelation. God works in us and and we know who we are. We get revelation of who he is in us, of who Christ is in me. We get revelation about who Christ is in me. Somebody told me a couple weeks ago. Who was that? Somebody told me. He was Amy Biggers. Amy Biggers told me a week or two ago she had had a dream and she saw me in the dream and and she saw me in the dream like passionately speaking to the people about Christ is in you. Christ is in you. And so that's what I want to say. Christ is in you. So so when we need revelation as we read the word about who we are in Christ, not who we were in sin, not who we are. That's who we were. It's who are we now? And, who, and, and then we align our emotions on our mouth. We align everything up to who we are now. And we renew our mind to transform our life. So our life is transformed at the speed of our dedication, revelation, and application. That's the renewing of your mind. That I think differently, I speak differently, I, I feel differently. And, and if something comes up trying to disrupt that, I take it captive. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe this. No, 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 I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. Just because I've always done that, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this because I'm going to have dedication based on dedication to the revelation of God, of who God is in me, because he is the one that's changing me from the inside out, that he's made me whole and complete in my spirit. And then I begin to align the rest of my soul and my body 
up with who he's already made me to be. So, so spiritual maturity and transformation is becoming who you already are if you're in Christ. That's what, that's what it is. And it's God who works in you both to give you the will and to, and to do the work. So he does the work, but we partner with him to work it out, to release it out, to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Not to say no to him and yes to our fleshly desires, but to say, yes, Lord, I agree with that. Yes, Lord, I agree with love. Yes, Lord, I agree with peace. Yes, Lord, I agree with joy. And we, we walk, walk that out and come out of agreement with the unhealthy, uh, you know, distorted Actions and attitudes, beliefs and behaviors that dominated your past because that's who you were. That's not who you are. And you need to dedicate yourself to this. So you need to continually, continually live for new revelation about who Christ is and who he is in you. Live for that new revelation that is tested and proven and trusted by the the eternal word of God. Um, Oh my gosh, because this whole thing is, you know, he works in you to will. And, you know, there's no simpler way to say it than in Jesus when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Let the, um, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, he said, even to the point of death. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to the point of death. Um, but he said, no. And he said, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, let it pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Notice the will of the will needs to be done. God's will needs to be done. God's will is not supposed to just be thought. God's will is not supposed to just be talked about or theorized. The will of God is supposed to be done. The word of God is not to be just debated and and theorized, but the word of God is the will of God and the will of God is is to be done. It's to be done because we're doers of God's word. We're doers of God's will. And the word of God that has the greatest potential to transform your life is the word you obey. It's the word you obey. It's you taking, being dedicated, having dedication to revelation. Give, Lord, thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you, Lord, that you're telling me who you are and who I am. I'm growing in your word. I'm learning and I'm growing, God. I'm not earning it, but I'm learning it, God. And I'm growing, I'm growing and understanding the grace you've given me. I'm catching up with everything you've already done for me because, God, you've done it for me. So my doing is based on what you've done. My working out is based on what you worked in. I'm not working up something. I'm working out something. I'm working out the thing that he worked in. We're not called to work up something. Oh my gosh. All right. So dedication to revelation and application. Just spend some time reflecting and thinking about what is it? What is it that that I've not, what word have I not been obeying? You got to be careful not to chase some new word and chase some new thing, but you just begin to, to, to trust God and, um, and, and remember, Lord, help, help me remember, what's the thing that I've not, that I've not done? What's the thing I've, that, I've, that I've not been faithful in? And don't take guilt and shame and condemnation. Just take responsibility. 
And Lord, I want to partner with you, God. I, I, I step out of agreement with sin and, 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 and selfishness. I step out of agreement. I don't, I don't agree with that anymore, God. I agree with you. I agree with you, God. And as I agree with you, um, I, I just thank you that, that, Lord, you're going to work your will and your word in my life because you're working in me. You've done it already, and I want to work it out. And when I work it out and other people see that my life has been transformed, they realize the transforming power of what God can do in somebody else's life. See, every revelation of God is an invitation to work out what he worked in. And then every transformed um, disciple of Christ is a living invitation to somebody else to say, hey, what God did in me, he'll do in you. I'm no different than you. I was just as messed up as you are. I was just as, as whatever as you are. I'm not different from you. There's not a us and a them thing that's happening. I'm no different from you. I was a sinner and maybe I didn't function in the exact same sin that you did, but my gluttony was just as bad as your adultery and my whatever was just as bad as this. So I was a slave to sin just like you. Let's not make a hierarchy of slavery and sin. We were all slaves of sin, but now we've come to him. And, and listen, I've been transformed because I because I, I've dedicated my life to revelation and application, and I've experienced transformation, and so can you. So stop dedicating your life to that sin or that thing or that false idea and, and come find out what truth is. Because this truth will transform you. The, the truth of the world will conform you and confine you to some kind of faulty, less, lesser identity. Man. Man, somebody, you, you, you sense the Spirit of God say, man, do something. Oh, my gosh. So, look, three things I'm going to get out of your way. So, I, I told you the, the, the uh, what I call them, the factors of 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 transformation. You got to be dedicated because because here's the thing. If you're if you're not dedicated, if there's no dedication, then you'll give up on revelation and you won't even get to application. <laughs> and that'll lead to frustration. But if you have dedication without revelation, so you have you have dedication and application, but no revelation. You'll be you'll be frustrated. It leads to frustration and confusion because you'll be like, I'm doing this so hard. I'm I'm working so hard. I'm doing this so much. I have I'm dedicated and I'm I'm taking action, but there's no revelation. There's no revelation. So you you the equation doesn't work. Or maybe or maybe you have a dedication to revelation and you're 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 learning stuff, you're hearing God speak, but you're not doing anything. You're not changing. You're not saying yes, Lord. You're not working out what He's working in. You're not, you're not, um, you're not taking obedience. You're not being a doer of the word. Because if you're a doer of the word, he says you'll be blessed in what you do, because the word is blessed. And when you do the word, you it's blessed. You're, you're doing what God has already blessed instead of asking God to bless what you're doing. And so if you, if you don't have the equation working, if, you're, if you have dedication, application, but no revelation, you're doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. And then you're frustrated and mad at God, but you're the one that needs more revelation. Revelation about what is God doing and revelation about where are you missing it? What's happening inside of you? You need to, to, to really think and look and consider your ways. And then some of you who, who have revelation, but you're, you're, 
you're not doing anything. You're not taking application. Or some of you who you don't have revelation or application because you haven't dedicated yourself. And that leads me to this last thing um, and and of, of three steps to dedication. So because so, if you don't have dedication, the other two won't work. And so the reality is that if you want to, if you want to like decide, like, hmm, am I really, am I, am I dedicated? Am I dedicated? Am I dedicated to the Lord? What, what am I dedicated to? What am I really dedicated to? Where does my effort go? Where does my focus go? Where does my commitment go? Where does my where does my heart go? Where does my money go? Where does where, where, where does all of it go? Wherever it goes, that's what you're dedicated to. Who do I turn to? Who do I trust in? What do I look to? In times of victory and in times of sadness. And so if you want to, it starts with dedication, goes to revelation, brings about application, and there you have the, the finished answer of the equation is transformation. But in order to get to dedication, there's three steps. The first one is your desire. What do you desire? Do you desire to change? Do you desire to be transformed or you do think it you, you think it's like no you're pretty good. You think you're all right. You you don't you don't really need you it's good. You're good. Your bills are paid whatever. You think you're successful. You can have money and not be successful. You can be rich and not be successful. You can have everything, you know, some people want. There's a difference y'all. There is a difference with being rich and being blessed. There are many of us who don't have riches in the sense of abundance of of material things, and, and, and therefore we think we're not blessed, and that's not true. And there's other people who, who have abundance of material things, riches, and they think they are blessed, and that's not true. Because you can have riches and have success in this life, but it's not good success, and it's not the prosperity of God. It's the prosperity of this world. Oh, you know, so... You've got to decide, are, do you really want to dedicate yourself? And, that, and the, the first question you've got to ask is, what do you desire? What do you want? Not what does your flesh want, the appetites of your flesh. You've got to take authority over that. What do you want? What do you want? And the answer should be, I want, I want the Lord. I want to know the Lord. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. And, and, and you walk in this and you, 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 you just, God, my desire is I'm going to stop this. I, I no longer desire this and I now desire you. And you just let that be a prayer on your way to dedication. God, you are my desire. I don't want anything else. All I want is you. Make up a song. All I want is you, Lord. All I want is you. I don't want it. You know, um, there's, you know. Ah, just songs going through my head right now about you can have this world, you can have all this stuff. I just give me Jesus, you know. Um, uh, and then once you have a desire, like Lord, I desire you, I desire you, and I desire to be dedicated to godliness and to holiness, and not to this world, but to your word and to to you through your word. Then you got to move to make a decision. Your desire needs to lead you to a decision of like, look, I'm, I'm making a decision. There's a line drawn in the sand, and I decide today and every day. I decide today and every day. 
I'm going to follow Jesus. I decide today and every day, I'm going to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. I decide today and every day, Jesus is Lord. I decide today and every day, like Jamie Future always says, um, this is the day the Lord has made and I will, meaning I make a decision, I will rejoice and be, be glad in it. What the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning, uh, you know what day it is? It's a great day to walk by faith. And, and so I make a decision. My desires lead me to a decision and I make the right decision based on the will of God, based on the word of God. And that decision is a submission to God. God, I'm going to submit my life to you. Not my will be done. Your will be done. I'm going to be a doer of what you've done. I'm going to be a doer of what you've done. I'm going to partner with, with what you have already uh, accomplished, God. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a, a co-laborer with you in this, and you I'm gonna work out what you work in me. I'm gonna say what you say. I'm gonna think what you think. I'm gonna believe what you say. No matter what I see, no matter what, and I'm gonna walk by the equation. No matter what storms come, no matter, no matter who attacks my harvest, no matter what happens, what flood, fire, famine, whatever, flies come and attack my harvest, I'm going to walk by the equation because, God, I want to honor you and glorify you. I'm not doing it so I can have the harvest. That, that, that is a part of it because I only want the harvest that he wants me to have. I do not want a harvest that Jesus did not die to give me. I don't want that. But most people live way beneath the harvest that Jesus died to give them. Because there's false religious teachings that keep you keep you without and keep you in lack. But I'm telling you, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. So he wants to, he wants to raise us up. But, but ultimately, it's not even about the harvest. It's about him and walking the equation to partner with him. And it's just, it's just a good thing. So the three steps is check your desires and start desiring in the direction of God. Then make a decision. Make a decision to change and submit yourself, surrender yourself. A decision is a, is a line in the sand. Here we go. This is my decision. And then, and then you walk in dedication. So the, the, the three factors is dedication, revelation, and application equals transformation. And the three steps is, Lord, I, I, desire, I desire to change. I desire to be transformed a desire to grow, a desire to know you, a desire to, to leave where I am. See, you, you cannot follow God and stay where you are. You cannot follow God and keep doing what you've always done. I'm changing. I'm changing. I desire to change. I'm deciding to change. And now I'm dedicated. And every day I decide to be dedicated, to seek and to be reminded of and to find new revelation from God, about God, spirit of wisdom and revelation, and then obey the word. And it's joyful. You start obeying the word, it's joyful. It's like, Lord, I get to obey you. And every time I'm faced with a temptation, it is an opportunity to please God. It's an opportunity to obey. And Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity you've given me to choose you in, in the middle of, of, of whatever temptations. So um, maybe you're, you're watching and maybe you're new here. I don't know who all is on here. Um, and, uh, but here's the deal. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He came and he gave his life for you. 
He recognized you are a slave of sin, born in sin, and he loves you. And I don't know, maybe you've been running from him. And maybe if, this, if you just kind of came across this and you're here and, and you've never given your life to the Lord, you've never given your life to the Lord. Maybe you've been running, doing your own thing and you've been hiding, maybe even hiding in church and hiding in your performance, hiding and trying to always be good and, 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 and be more good than you are bad and trying to live a life of performance. That's not what he's called, called you to. He's called you to a life of promise. And, and the reality is he loves you. He knows you. He knows everything about you, and he loves you. And, and he invites you. See, he's already done it. He's already done it. He's already died for you. It's not like he's going to go die. It's not like when you say, okay, I, Lord, I'll follow you if you'll die for me. He's already died for you. The question is, will you follow him? And, and so maybe God's been misrepresented to you. Maybe you've been hurt by, in church or by pastors or by people. Because people are people, y'all. Jesus is Lord and people are people. And so my encouragement to you is if, if, you, if you are not in relationship with the Lord, you don't have a meaningful relationship with Jesus, you have never made a decision to surrender your life and will over to God. The Bible says in Romans 10 that if you believe Jesus is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth in prayer, if you believe Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, then you can, you can accept him as Lord and Savior. Now, there's some of you who you've known the Lord, you've done that, you've done that in your life, you've, you've, you've surrendered your life to God, but you've been struggling and you've been, you've been hit and miss. You've not been dedicated. You've been in and out, back and forth. And this year, 2022, is a time to be dedicated back to the basics and back to the, back to the foundation because God's building and God's at work. And the Lord's going to you know, bring things into your life. And so if you're, if you're watching and you today is the day that you need to surrender your life to God for the first time or for the 51st time, I want to pray with you. If it's you, just pray this prayer to the Lord. But you got to believe. Listen, you got to believe. You got to believe He is Lord. And He is Lord, meaning you're not Lord. He's Lord. And if you believe He's Lord, you can still have questions about the Bible and questions about God. That's okay. But do you believe He's Lord? And if you believe He's Lord and you believe that God raised Him from the dead, even though you still have questions about things in the Bible, that's okay. But if you believe those two things, then you surrender to Him as Lord. As Lord. Like, God, I, so I trust you to answer my questions in time, but I'm making a decision to stop wandering around in my wilderness of my life, and I'm going to yield myself to you, and I'm going to trust you because I believe you're Lord and that God raised you from the dead. And so if you're ready to surrender your life to the Lord, pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. And today, I make a decision to dedicate my life to you. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe, God, you raised him from the dead. I believe he died on the cross and took my shame, 
my sin and my guilt, my punishment. And so today, I turn from my old life and I surrender my life to you. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Come live your life in and through me. Teach me your ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit as I dedicate or rededicate my life to you, Lord. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give me a heart for obedience and application. And transform my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I pray you have a, a wonderful day. If you just prayed that, um, let us know. Put it in the comments there. Let us know. Hey, man, I just I just prayed that, and I I, I let us know if you dedicated or rededicated your life to the Lord. And those who are part of a, the church family, go to our family group, our Faith Center family group. You can get plugged in there and, and share stuff. I'd love to, for y'all to share in that group about things that that you you learned from today and things that you can encourage one another with. And so um, so anyways, um, we will be with you guys on uh, next Sunday, and we're going to start talking about the blessing of the Lord. You better come ready because I'm telling you, we are shifting gears. Love you. We'll see you Sunday. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.